Genesis 14. Abram won the victory. He pursued the four kings of the east until Dan and subdued them. And he chased them all up to Hobah, another 100 kilometers. He traveled 322 kilometers and another 100 kilometers to capture, to recapture or regain the, everything that Sodom lost, including his nephew Lot. And uh, while returning, he meets two kings. And uh, that these two kings are totally opposite one another. After the victorious battle, the first he meets a man of God, Melchizedek. Ever know a person named Melchizedek? I know at least one. It's a rare name. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, which will later be called Jerusalem. King of Salem, priest of the Most High God. Salem means peace, and uh, Melchizedek means king of righteousness. So his name means righteousness, and Salem means peace. That's why in the book of Hebrews, it's stated that Christ is in the order of Melchizedek. Someone, we don't know where he came from, where he went after, how he died. Nobody knew he's this mystery man of God who showed up suddenly after Abram won the victory. He showed up, and, uh, uh, and later we will see that he is a type of Christ. In the book of Hebrews, it says there that the Old Testament show the shadows of Christ. The substance is Christ in the New Testament, but in the Old Testament, clues were being placed already until the buildup of the coming of Jesus Christ, and Melchizedek is one of them. And the other king that Abram met was Bera, king of Sodom, one of those who lost. In fact, he lost and probably hid in the tar pits oil, where there was some oil there. And uh, after Abram's victory, he went on to meet Abram. And uh, this king of Sodom asked for his people back and uh, offered Abram oil, all the spoils of war. And you know that Abram has the right to the spoils of war. Any victorious king has the right to all the spoils of war. That's how some kings made themselves rich. However, he refused, Abram refused, so that no man would be glorified, so that Bera could not claim, I have made Abram rich, so that he could not claim it. Let's go back. After the victory, marching back. It was a long march back. Uh, take note, he traveled 322 kilometers until Dan and another 100 kilometers to Hoba. Try going to Metro Manila riding a mule or a horse. That would take a very long time. And some of them were probably on foot. And then coming back, it was a tiring journey, but a victorious one. He has brought back his nephew, Lot. And a lot of people were saved from slavery, as was the custom then. If you were a defeated nation or you were captured in war, you become a slave of another. So Melchizedek from nowhere meets Abram and gives perspective to Abram's victory that it was God who gave the victory. Let's look at verse 18. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. 
Take note, bread and wine is a symbol of covenant. It's a symbol of agreement. They did this. They met together and probably shared wine and bread together because they were both serving the same God. And you know, it's very refreshing if you live far away or you go far away to work and you don't know who else is there as believers and then you meet somebody who is also a believer that is refreshing to the soul. So this person, Melchizedek, comes who serves the Most High God. No, not only that, he's king and high priest of the Most High God. Talk to Abraham. And, and he said to Abraham that, verse 19... He blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High who has delivered your enemies into your hand. When he met Abram, victorious, he said, Blessed are you, man of God, Abram. Blessed are you. And it is God, possessor of heaven and earth, who gave you the victory. And that is very important, that Abram would have the right perspective on victory. No, Abram is a man of God. He's a man of God. He has been faithful to God. Yet at times of victory, even the men of God, the strongest men of God, need to be reminded that it is God who gave the victory. Why? The human heart is deceptive. Sometimes when we come from victory, we felt it was all because of us. Sometimes we feel, I am so victorious. I have conquered my academics. I have conquered business. I am richer now than before. I have won the victory. And that's the problem we, kept, we keep saying, I I, I, and I. It was great timing in this victory that he was reminded by another man of God saying it was God who gave you the victory. Every one of us needs to be reminded every now and then. Don't you agree? Because sometimes in victory, some people, some of us forget the Lord. There are some who would say, Pastor Ed, pray for my business. So we prayed for their business. And God blessed them. And after being blessed, you can't see them anymore in church. And even in the prayer meetings, and we ask why. Oh, so busy, Pastor. Now you are mayabang already. You're so busy and you cannot give time to God. You have forgotten who gave you the victory. You know, God loves us so much. But some of us only pray to God fervently when we have crisis, right? When we have problems, we pray fervently. When we have victory, when all is well and no problem, we pray less. Oh, let us learn the lesson whether in victory or in crisis, we must always pray. You know why? Because God loves you so much. He wants your time. He wants you to pray and meet with Him all the time. If problems are the things that bring you to the place of prayer, guess what he will do? Yes. He will give you many problems so that you pray more. My advice to you, whether you have problems or not, just keep praying and thanking God. So that what? So that we are always reminded that it is God who gives us the victory. Can we say together, God gives me the victory? Can you say to your neighbor, God gives you the victory? You, the victory. you see, 
Abram is an amazing man. You see, he said to Lot, choose the left, I'll go to the right. Choose the right, I'll go to the left. So his nephew Lot chose the valley which was well watered, good for agriculture, good for the flocks. But it was close to Sodom, and the Bible said they were evil people. Abram needed to trust God for the rain because what was left for him is the other side. He was a man of faith, and he said, God is not limited. So he was not like Lot who grasped the opportunity and took advantage of his uncle. Instead of being polite and says, uncle, you have brought me here. You, have you took me under your wing, so uh, you should be the one to choose instead of me. But instead, I'll take the valley. And when we read further, he was already living in Sodom. Perhaps trading, not all opportunities come from God. Some opportunities, especially if it is selfish and not God-glorifying, it is from the devil as well. But Abram built his strength quietly. Quietly built his strength. I was surprised to read. Were you surprised when you read this? That he had 318 trained warriors in his camp. Oh, yeah, yeah, quietly building. Nobody knew. He didn't even call himself chief. He had friends who called themselves chief. He did not even call himself chief, but he built his strength quietly. He was also prepared with equipment. They were not only guarding the flock. They had the equipment for war. He did not advertise. He did not blow his own trumpet. Hey, look at me. You should call me chief, Abram. I'm Chief Abram. I have a private army. It's a good thing he did low-key because if the four kings of these found out that there was a possible threat there, he would have been subdued first. That's just my theory. Because in going to the valley, to the valley of Sidim, the four kings of the east have been conquering small nations, small tribes. But they neglected to go to Abram. He was low-key. He was nobody. Yeah, he may be rich, but he's simply a shepherd. But no, he was not. In the time of crisis, he called his men of war, and they were ready. They were equipped not only with swords and whatever. They knew how to fight. Quietly build your strength. The thing with how God works is this. We must build ourselves, yet it is God who gives the victory. It is like the land. We prepare the land, but it is God who gives the rain. The land is nothing without the rain, but we must still prepare the land. So we must prepare ourselves and allow God to give us the victory. That is the perspective. And even though Abram knew that, still he had to be reminded by a man of God and saying to him, it is God who gave you the victory. And Abram recognized the spiritual authority. He said here, it says here, he gave him a tenth of all, of all the spoils, by the way, of all the spoils that he gained, a tenth. And uh, this was the first recorded uh, a tenth of giving. Of course, it became a law in the days of Moses. But before Moses, the practice of giving a tenth was started here by Abram. And uh, I encourage you to follow the same, though I do not require it in the sense that I will check your bank account and say, why did you not give a tenth last week? I am not to do that. And I believe that is uh, an ill practice that should not be done. And I am emphatic about it. As the Lord deals with you, we give. Abram recognized the spiritual authority from this man of God who gave him the perspective, who 
re-strengthened his faith and perspective in God. So what did he do? He gave a tenth. And sometimes we need people to remind us. That's why discipleship and mentor mentoring is very important. But sometimes mentoring is uncomfortable because somebody will remind us when some, our perspectives are going this way, our perspectives are realigned, and it can be sometimes very, very uncomfortable. But Abram recognized it is the voice of God. Instead of saying, you serve God, I serve God too. Where are you from, Melky? Uh, I had a friend whose name was Melchizedek, and his nickname was Melky. So, where are you from, Melky? I'm Abram. I'm Abram, soon to be possessor of Canaan. And I have 318 warriors. Oh, no, 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 no. He did not uh, uh, try to play the pride game. I'm a servant. He was a servant of God, and he recognized another servant of God. But not only that, he rec recognized the spiritual authority from this king, Melchizedek. Therefore, he gave a tenth. And sometimes we need to recognize spiritual authority as well in our lives. Because God will send us some people to remind us, to keep us in perspective. And thank God for those people. Aren't you so blessed with those people? Whom God would use once in a while to keep our perspective godly. Oh, yes, please do not kill them or fight them. Please do not gossip about them when they try to gently put you in the right perspective and it hurts you. Bless them. Abram gave a tenth to this priest king. Then, on the other hand, there was uh, this other guy, Bera, king of Sodom, said to Abram, give the people to me and take the goods for yourself. Ah, sounding generous. But here's the thing. Actually, Abram has the right to all the goods anyway. So he was trying to look generous. You can keep everything, but just give the people to me. But Abram knew what kind of person this is. And he had a, a perspective change or a perspective improvement or enhancement. And uh, what happened then? And Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have sworn to the Lord God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. That was probably when he was breaking bread with, with uh, Melchizedek. And uh, uh, says that I will not take a thread or sandal thong or anything that is yours for fear that you might say, I have made Abram rich. Lest you say, I have made Abram rich. You know, some people are like that, and we have to pray. Avoid these people. You hear me? Those who would say, oh, kung hindi dahil sa akin, wala ka. And please, don't try to be like that. You see, God may use us in the lives of others, including our children, but we are not the one who made them successful. We recognize the almighty God. Do you hear me? But if, if someone wants to bless you and they have to brag about it, that it's because of them that you shall be made rich or blessed. Abram said, no way. You can take what's yours. 
but sometimes we can't know these people until a certain time in the relationship, right? And then a certain time you realize that he there's a person who brags about everything he gives. He's a giver, but he brags about it every all the time. Step back. Lest they say, I have made you rich. Because who is the one that we shall receive blessing from? Who? Only God. Next, I will take nothing except what the young men have eaten and the share of the men who went with me. The three brothers who are chiefs as well, Aner, Eshkol, and Mamre. Let them take their share. As he, Abraham said, I'll take nothing, but however, there are those who fought and risked their lives. Let them be paid. Let them have their share. And, uh, uh, but me, nothing, let you be proud. But Abraham could have said, what? Abraham could have said, hey, I have the right to the spoils. You lost. You were down in the pit and you were hiding. You lost. But instead of saying that, no, I give you everything back. Because he knew all this time it was God who blessed him. And only God deserves the glory. Some application for us, the glory of our victories belong to God alone. We are to glorify God in every victory. In every victory, we are to glorify God. Can you say with me, glory to God? Let's say it, glory to God. Get used to saying that whenever you are blessed. Get used to saying that when somebody gives you a compliment. Do not absorb the compliment. Give it back to God because you have to give them the perspective as well. It is God who blesses us. If you are blessed coming to this church, it is because of God. Amen? Not because of man. Man cannot change a life. Man cannot uh, affect the way we live. Man is a clanging symbol, good for nothing, without the Holy Spirit's work. Without the Word and the Spirit of God, man has nothing. When you gather together in your growth groups and discipleship groups, glorify God for every victory. That's why it's, at least in, in the growth groups that I join or I handle, we have a time where we must glorify God of the blessing of the week. And take note, to glorify God. So the first line should be, I thank God for. I thank God for. It's not a testimony of how good I am. It's a testimony how good God is. Put things in perspective. It is not us who gives ourselves the victory. It is God. We can prepare like Abram. He prepared his men. He built his strength quietly. He didn't have to post it every victory on Facebook, right? No, there was no Facebook then, of course, but he didn't have to broadcast it all the time. There are times that some people should not know the strength you build. We praise God for everything he gives us. Quietly build your strength. Let us save our money. Let us invest quietly and hopefully in the right things. Uh, let us build our knowledge uh, let us read and educate ourselves. Let us become spiritually stronger in prayer and worship and commitment. Let us grow deeper in the knowledge of God's word. 
Let us learn more about the career path that God has called us to. Let us sharpen the sword. Let us be good at what we do. And let others be surprised when it is time for God to call upon us. Abram was forced to fight the war of kings because his nephew was caught in the middle. He was forced to fight, but he was prepared to fight. So I hope, friends, brothers, and sisters, when the Lord calls upon you to serve him, that we would be ready to serve him. We must give glory to God in everything that we do. Friends, take note. We are here to serve God. As Abram was, as the king of Salem, Salem, Melchizedek was, they exist to serve the king most high. And let us put things in perspective. Why do we work? Is it to work to enrich ourselves? Is that it? No, because in the New Testament, the best model is Paul the Apostle. He works so he can proclaim God's word. He works so he can do the, the work of the ministry. And let us not forget that, that these things must be in perspective. We don't work just to pay the bills. We don't work just to pay for the tuition fee. We don't work just so we can give something when this church needs some chairs or a new aircon. We work so we can support ourselves, our families, so we can serve the Most High God. Why are you on earth? Why? Why are we here for? What are we here for? Just to live and die? Just to, to like the animals, like the frogs who just jump around everywhere and one day we die? Is that what life is all about? I say, nay, my friend, no way. I believe my life has a higher purpose than that. It was God who said to Abraham, I will build you a nation. I will make your name great. That is God who does that. We strengthen ourselves. We serve God. And it is God who lifts us up. No need to push yourself for a self-promotion. No need to get the fame and the fortune. Because it is God and his design that must be followed in our lives. Abraham was a man of faith. He was called father of faith. Every victory belongs to God. Next application, there are times we are pri privileged to, met, to meet men and women of God. I'll say that again. There are times when we are privileged to meet men and uh, women of God to strength, who strengthen us our faith. We must bless these people. Thank God for them. And that's why we need to meet each other and become friends. You know why? So we can strengthen one another. And we can remind each other and put things in perspective that God is first all the time. You need a brother and a sister who says to you, watch out how you feel. The heart is deceptive above all else. Careful with what your heart feels. That may not be from God. We need to hear that. We need to hear stuff like, uh, brother, I think that deal is a bit dangerous for you and your family. Let us pray for it before you make a decision. We need that. We need some people who would pray with us and for us. People who would break bread and drink wine and build that relationship, not because we can get something from the relationship, but because we are helped to be focused on God. 
You see, when we meet in church, we, we're not here to do business with one another, though some of us have, God has allowed to have wonderful and good business relationships here. And that's great, as long as you keep God uh, at the center of it and do not def uh, commit fraud against each other and just be honest with each other. That would be great. But we are not here primarily for that. It's not what I can gain from you. I need you, and you need me, and we need each other to keep ourselves focused on God Most High. Focused on God. There are a lot of men and women of God here, and we hope to remind each other to put things in perspective all the time. We need that. That's why even in Hebrews it says that, do not forsake the gathering together. Do not forsake the meeting together. That's why we give a high importance to the growth groups and discipleship groups. I hope if you're not yet a member, find time. It's just like one hour, one hour and a half a week. It's not much. In fact, if you want to create a way to be part of a group who can, who can strengthen one another, you can. You just have to ask God for wisdom. I'm so busy, Lord, and I have so much responsibilities. Give me the wisdom how to arrange my schedule. Give me the right people to help me put things in the right perspective. We must refuse any offer that does not glorify God. Any offer that does not glorify God, we must refuse. Bera king of Sodom, is one who would, who would perhaps gloat. One who would perhaps, yeah, I lost the war, but I made Abram rich. <laughs> no, no, friends, we glorify God. Everything we do, we resist the world. Bera and Sodom is, is a, a symbol, a type of the world. The people there were sinful. And later on, we would read that God would destroy Sodom and Gomorrah for its sins, for the sins of the people that, 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 that has mocked God and mocked his creation. They would be destroyed because of their sinfulness. We must refuse the offer of the world. Can you say with me, love not the world? Can you say it with firmness? Love not the world. What is the world? The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the boastful pride of life. We must always say, it is the goodness of God. It is the goodness of God why I am blessed. Somebody appreciates you for your skills. You reply, for the glory of God and because of the goodness of God, I am blessed. We are blessed. You're blessed because of God, right? Hey, do not be like Bera, king of Sodom, okay? When you bless somebody, just bless them, okay? You don't have to announce, I, I gave that to him. <laughs> when your children are appreciated, parents, when your children are appreciated, you don't say, I'm good parent. <laughs> and uh, oh, and glory to God, too. <laughs> ah. Let them speak of it. Let others speak of it, not you. All you can do is say, God is so good. And mean it from your heart. And it is not I, but him. Once we put things in perspective, 
then maybe like Abram, we will also reap. His plan will unfold in our lives and we shall be blessed uh, in the way that God destined us to be blessed. Let us pray. Father, thank you. Thank you. Teach us, Lord. Like Abram, he knew the man of God. He knew who to listen to. And he rejected Bera, king of Sodom. These two types of people we meet in the world. Those who are of the world. Some even guising themselves as believers. And some who are truly your servants. Who point to God immediately. Who bless your name immediately who glorifies your name immediately. So we also pray, teach us to be like Abram, to recognize the spiritual authority, your authority on earth. Yet teach us to also be like Melchizedek, who glorifies God immediately and even helps other people put things in perspective. And like Abram, allow us to have the right perspective always. Though we may build our strength, it is you who gives us the victory. We may prepare the land, but it is you who gives the rain. We may try to educate ourselves, but it is you who gives the opportunities. We may try to learn from one another, but it is you who blesses us. Thank you for the brothers and sisters we have here. Teach us to be a blessing to one another. Teach us to give to one another as Abraham gave to Melchizedek. Teach us to be generous to one another, but not to brag but just because we want to. Just because we want to build a relationship with you and with each other. Father, be glorified and honored today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.